At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. The only difference between this piece of coal and this diamond are millions of years and tons and tons of pressure per square meter. See, they're both made of carbon. The carbon in this charcoal absorbs almost all the light that hits it. It's black. But the carbon in this diamond that's been crushed into hot molten rock deep inside the earth has turned into this beautiful clear gem that sends light bouncing in all these directions. That's why humans have coveted diamonds for centuries, for its fiery beauty and hardness. One million, two million, three million, four! I have viewed the peoples of the world and have come to the conclusion that the English-speaking race has the highest ideals of justice, liberty, and peace. Therefore, I shall devote the rest of my life to God's purpose and make the world English. That's Diamonds are for fraudsters, part one. Let's go. Welcome back to Fraudsters, the show where we try to prove that everyone is bad or at least worse than us. I'm Cena Gaznavi at Cena Now on all social media. Justin Williams is here at Justin underscore Williams underscore comedy. And Ariel Lieti is joining us. First of the years, 2023 at Ariel Lieti. Go follow her. Join our Discord link in bio. Today, guys, we are going to Jared. If you've ever wanted to design your own ring, there's only one place to go. At Jared the Galleria of Jewelry, it's easy to create a ring that's yours. The Galleria of Jewelry. Um, But before we get to that, we just finished our Candace Owens series. And I find it really troubling that we just saw recently Candace Owens coming out in favor and support of Megan Thee Stallion. Um, How did we feel about this? Is this just a rebrand? What do we think? It is, but I fell for it because I'm just a, a dumb girl on the internet and she seemed sincere and I just <laughs> fall for Candace Owens every time. I want to support black women. <laughs> it's so they know you're vulnerable. They know. Justin's the best one out of all of us. He never falls for, for scams. No, because no, yeah, I don't trust anyone, even including my own mind. And then um, <laughs> I also... Uh, don't think she's talented enough to betray black people 
and then come back. Like only Michael Jackson was able to be that talented. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. He went all the way around and came back. Yeah. Incredible, invincible. Some would say. Yeah. Every time he got in trouble, he like would hire like the Nation of Islam to be his lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> that's so. True. And then he would end up on Rush Hour too. Yeah. Damn. All right. Well, guys, I'm so excited. We're talking about the diamond industry. Uh, we're going to do a whole multi-part series on how this whole diamond thing's just been a scam. Damn it. Of course. A bloody scam. A bloody scam in it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Our UK audience, please email us. <laughs> this is my last episode. I get it. <laughs> All right, you guys, we could we could talk a little about about diamonds. Welcome to our two part series on diamond fraudsters. We will be highlighting the major players that created and controlled the diamond industry through market manipulation, coercive advertising, labor exploitation, and sometimes, you know, outright funding of civil wars. It's a scam so big that we've all accepted it as part of our lives. In this episode, we will be covering the undisputed OG diamond pioneer and just one of the most successful colonizers in the game, Cecil Rhodes, everyone. I know. Do we have the air horns? Do we not? (laughs) Why not? They're not on stage. Throw it in there. Let's go. (laughs) New shit, new shit, LL, Cecil, Cecil Rhodes. Not even new shit, old shit. Been doing this for a long time. (laughs) 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 So... I'm sure when you think of diamonds, you probably think of two realities. One, a diamond is a symbol of love, tradition, family, wealth, and success. Or the other is that a diamond is a symbol of greed, power, corruption, and exploitation. (laughs) But who or what is responsible for these two realities? Well, it's the same goddamn company, of course. And this company has had many names, players, factions, and subsidiaries. Cecil Rhodes started it. The Oppenheimers grew it to an empire, and we simply call it De Beers. De Beers. <laughs> so in our research of the history of diamond mining, we discovered that this industry changes the names of companies frequently as the laws and regulations are also changing frequently. And we're not going to be following all the names of the companies as it would be tedious and nonsensical. Instead, we're following the industry's key players and innovators. Let's begin at the beginning. Cecil Rhodes was a British entrepreneur (laughs) and imperialist, which is a much worse word now than it was then. He was a colonizer whose main goal was to get his hands on gold and diamonds. Basically, he was a 19th century Scrooge McDuck. Diamonds are not his only legacy, though, as he is the Rhodes in the Rhodes Scholarship, a postgraduate award for students to study at Oxford University. Ooh, he's that Rhodes. He's that girl. A distinction that has borne the careers of Bill Clinton, Rachel Maddow, Terrence Malick, Pete Buttigieg, and Chris Christopherson. But we're not going to be talking about that because Cecil Rhodes was thankfully dead long before any of those people were born. <laughs> Cory Booker was a, a, also yeah, a Rhodes Corey Scholar. Booker. All these people... Got their fancy liberal ivory tower education off the backs of those wow. people who are mining diamonds. It's there are also wow. a ton of like conservative people that were Rhodes scholars too. There are probably, probably a bunch of like West Point people are Rhodes scholars and like <laughs> no, no big, big deal. deal. Well, just a bunch of Rhodes scholars. <laughs> you guys, Cecil Rhodes was born in England in 1953, the sixth of eleven children. Wow. 
because that's how you used to do it back wow. in the day. Uh, well, unless you're Nick Cannon, that's how you're still oh, doing it. Yes, that's geez. how you do it right geez. now. Eleven is so many, honestly. That's so many. But then after like the third one, they start taking care of each other. So you don't yeah. have to do much. And they just fall out. You just poop and them they out. They just fall out. Yes, <laughs> exactly. You just poop them out. Call it a day. <laughs> oh gosh, you guys. His father was a vicar, and a vicar we learned just now together is a member of the clergy. <laughs> and his mother was unemployed. So they were both essentially unemployed. <laughs> she did have 11 children, but that's no excuse. <laughs> Cecil was plagued by health problems since birth, most likely due to an undiagnosed heart condition. When he was 13 years old, the first diamond was discovered along the Orange River in Cape Colony, a British colony that later merged with three other British colonies to form South Africa. A quick aside about the first discoveries of big diamonds in Africa. Hi, kids. I want to tell you about the first big diamond ever found. It was a mass of 21 carats and was found by a farmer's kid just like you. He was 15 years old and his name was Erasmus Jacobs. His discovery started the diamond rush. What happened to that first diamond set the tone for the diamond trade to follow. Erasmus's dad took the clear rock to his neighbor and asked if he knew what it was. The neighbor didn't know. The neighbor brought the clear rock to a traveling salesman and asked him if he knew what it was. The traveling salesman didn't know. The traveling salesman then brought the clear rock to his associates for further review. The associates passed it around and it was in the hands of many, many white men before ultimately being sold for 500 pounds at auction to the governor of Cape Colony. And how much of that money went to the Jacobs family that found the stone on their farm? That's right, the Jacobs got nothing. That first diamond was named the Eureka Diamond. And just like that, Erasmus Jacobs was erasmus from history. <laughs> nice. Nice. I know I I know I, I don't ever want to be, you know, stuck alone at night on a dark country road with only me and Erasmus <laughs> Jacobs. That's all I know. The story sounded like a crack story. We passed around the rock and no one knew what it was until the white man found it. Purchased it and sprinkled it about the Americas. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> check out the season finale of Snowfall on yeah. FX. <laughs> I wonder if there's like a museum exhibit at least dedicated to this guy. I mean, they they got Probably. nothing from this. Shouldn't they be um should they be able to get something for this? They know it's 21 carats. You got to get something for that. No finder's fee. That's it. They just get a mention on our fucking podcast is what they do. That's, <laughs> That's it. it. Which is not yeah. much. <laughs> <laughs> well, 2 years later, an 83-carat diamond was found along the same river. The local shepherd that found that diamond knew what he had and was able to trade it for 500 sheep, 10 oxen, and a horse. Ooh, baby. To put that in perspective, today that would be worth close to 10,000 sheep, <laughs> 200 oxen, and nearly two dozen horses. Man, inflation's a bitch. Damn. It's a bitch. 10,000. I... But seriously, our team looked it up. And the animals that the shepherd traded would be worth about 50,000 U.S. dollars today. The man to whom he traded the diamond, Schalk van Nierkirk. Whoa. Oof. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's Whoa. right. That's well, right. You're allowed. 
You're allowed. <laughs> I know. I feel like words. that's. <laughs> <laughs> Nykirk, Kirk. I don't know, man. Real close. Listen, I'm not saying it. We don't use the word. We don't use the word vicar around here. It's a hard RK yeah. at the end. Well, Schalk <laughs> then turned around and sold it to the Earl of Dudley for over a million dollars in today's currency. And now back to our boy Cecil. Wait, but I think can I just Cecil. Can I just say Cecil. that the Cecil. people, the worst part about history are the names. Is it the worst part yeah. or the best part? Because I could barely say <laughs> Cecil. Well, I like the King Longshanks. Yeah, because I think he just had. I think he had big legs, so they called him Longshanks. Awful. Everyone had to like, I like Earl that. of Dudley. They're all from a town. Everyone's town name or city or province is always in the name. I mean, name. it's better than now. Everyone's name is like Jennifer. <laughs> Or Robert. <laughs> True. We should be doing Come like on. Jennifer of Queens. Well, <laughs> in 1870, four years after the discovery of that first diamond in Cape Colony, a 17-year-old Cecil Rhodes was sent by his parents to live with his brother in South Africa, thinking the change in climate could improve his health. Cecil's brother ran a cotton farm, which Cecil would help him run into the ground. <laughs> it wasn't all his fault. There was an infestation and a water shortage. You yeah. know how it goes. It's so bad, you yeah. know? They had they had those KFC rats there. Probably got some water from... Where's the water <laughs> bad in New Jersey? I know it's bad in Flint, Michigan. Wait, what KFC rats? Those rats in the, the, the Manhattan KFC that had all those rats? Remember that? Oh, no. I forgot about that. <laughs> I just had some KFC. <laughs> oh, no. No, it's, you know, it's a franchise have... model. It's a, you know, okay. you never know. It's like the Popeyes that just happened. They had like cockroaches and shit. Okay. Oh, it adds to their 11 herbs and spices. It's yeah. fine. Yep. It's not going to stop me. Not going to stop <laughs> me. That's right. Not, not going to stop me at four in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, the Rhodes brothers were forced to abandon the farm. Also that year, the discovery of a third large diamond sparked the creation of a full-fledged diamond mine, and the brothers wanted in. The mine was 500 miles from their farm, so they traveled for over a month on horseback. That is, they were on horseback until Cecil Rhodes' horse died, and he was forced to walk 14 hours a day until they reached the mine. Wow. <laughs> Greed knows no bounds. I like I like this stuff because I actually have respect for, you know, like imperialism is bad, but this guy had to walk for yeah. it, baby. <laughs> I don't respect the modern day imperialist. Like you swoop down with your helicopter and exploit a people. If you're going to steal a country's resources, you need to move there. You need to have a cotton farm go bad. You need to have your horse die. Yeah. You have to walk for 14 hours a day. Are you describing Cory Booker? And is then a, you just <laughs> <laughs> moving in the neighborhood. And then, okay, just making sure. And then walk for 14 hours. Yes, and through the hood. <laughs> they weren't there to perform the backbreaking work of mining for the diamonds, though. That was reserved for the poor, local, exploited black workers. Cecil started a business selling ice and renting water pumps to the exploited workers. Oh, great. Once he had enough money, he then began buying claims to a small mining operation. One of these mines was the De Beers Mine, situated on land owned by the De Beers family. And that's really the only involvement the De Beers family has in the story. When Cecil bought the land and the De Beers Mine, the name was now his. I bet you his shoes were funky when he got to that mine. <laughs> Hey, uh, and That's your takeaway, Justin? Yeah. <laughs> I bet them shoes were funky. 
They were beat up. His Jordans <laughs> were. <laughs> you got the Cecil Rhodes foot. <laughs> you walking in Africa for 14 hours in a row <laughs> with your stank imperialist foot ass. <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> he got the Cecil foot. No, not the Cecil foot. Anything but that. <laughs> front of your shoe, front of your shoes open. Talking about get me off these feet. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> this is in the middle of a research podcast. <laughs> Tell you what, those dogs are barking. Yeah. <laughs> His toes were stacked up. <laughs> Some bullet points from the years that followed. In 1872, at the ripe age of 19, Cecil had his first heart attack. Oh my God, the worst. Because, of course, he did. What is this man doing? He's 19, has the heart of an 80 year old. Holy shit. They, you know, they they don't recommend when you're in an extreme <laughs> cardiac condition what? to walk 14 hours a day. Cecil, Cecil, what, what, what brought on this attack of your cardiac? <laughs> well, well, I think I might be, uh, I think I might have been uh, walking a bit too much. Does anyone know where Foot Locker is? My shoes. <laughs> My shoes have been talking to me for the past 14 miles. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, lo I do love the names. I don't care. 1873, Cecil's brother Herbert is jailed for gun running. Oh, dear Herbert. He's been running guns <laughs> like the scallywag that he is. Do you know how many guns you have to run to get jailed in like frontier <laughs> yeah. era like colonial yeah. South Africa? Yeah. Ten yeah. guns. They got him. Wow. Oh my god. You guys, that same year, Cecil returns to England to attend Oxford but goes back to South Africa after his first term due to a doctor at the school diagnosing him with a severe chest infection and giving him six months to live because... Yes, that's his whole vibe. Isn't this like an Albert Brooks movie now? Where he goes back and he's like, this is my last chance to have to find love or to take over South Africa's diamond mines. Yeah. yeah he, didn't <laughs> that's really, it. he didn't really have a chest infection. I think they were like, ooh, your feet. You <laughs> got to go back to South Africa. You cannot be in class. <laughs> Back to South Africa, boy. <laughs> it's 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 like there's onions just constantly under my eyes. It's a, it's a simmering onion situation right under the nostril. You should die in six months. You didn't deserve to be here, Cecil. I believe you have a chest infection. It's time for you to go back. Be a sport, would you? And go back to South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> yes, polite. <laughs> like, go die. 1874, Rhodes focuses on buying and amalgamating diamond holdings in South Africa. 1875, seemingly over his death sentence, 
He returns to England to finish attending Oxford for the next five years. So he was just never going to die. Okay, cool. That's an Oxford, like very awkward meeting with that doctor. <laughs> he just comes back like years later and stays there for the next five years. Like chest infection, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. I see you have returned with the disgusting feet. <laughs> there you are. You're back. Still alive, I see. 1876, Rhodes has his second heart attack because, of course... Still three less than Dick Cheney, though. So I think that's pretty good. Why not? I think so. It's like Richard Pryor or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just keeps having heart attacks and he like continues surviving to death. live, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> In 1879, Herbert Rhodes dies in a freak accident in his hut when the pipe in his mouth ignited the gin in his hand, causing an explosion. Yes, a freak accident. Yeah. It's very sad. He was also sitting on a pile of fireworks. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is a, a Looney Tunes situation. I can't. I, I do that a lot at night where I'm just sitting at home, you know, with a big glass of gin, big pipe in my mouth. <laughs> Lighting that pipe. In my hut. Really close to the gin. <laughs> with all, all of my illegal guns stashed yeah. next to me. <laughs> An explosion. I think I think last podcast of the left should do Herbert Rhodes. I don't know. I know they don't do like suicides, but this could be you know. But he didn't like accident. kill himself on be, purpose. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, exactly. maybe someone planned it. Maybe this is an assassination. Ooh, by the brother Cecil Rhodes. <laughs> Get him out of there! Get I mean, him he out wants of to here. run the guns. That's right. He walked for too long. This man seems to have blown himself up with pipe and gin and then rammed an African spear in his own back. (laughs) Oh, you guys, why do I do this? As the decade comes to a close, Cecil Rhodes gets a financial backer, allowing him to rapidly continue his business expansion. The financial backer, of course, the Rothschilds. Yes, those Rothschilds. Subject of many contemporary anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. Yeah. Mm. This is probably the first time I'm reading something actually factual about the Rothschilds. I think I've only heard like myth and propaganda around them. I I also know that they can't control the entire world because Jay Electronica dated one of them. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he dated a Rothschild. So it's like they, they would, you know, if I controlled the world, I would probably go a little higher on the rap scale than. Oh come on, yeah. Jay, he's great. He's the Jay Z that never was. He's, yeah. he's great, but he never didn't even have his debut album yet, out yet. <laughs> yeah, he's got great some great singles. <laughs> <laughs> great singles, good. Oh my goodness, the Rothschilds that possess the largest private fortune in modern history, thanks to their banking empire and German royal status. In other words, Cecil pulled himself up by his own bootstraps and in the 1880s were looking bright, especially since he was getting double the profit thanks to his brother's divesting from the company. (laughs) And then bootstraps was stinking because he (laughs) walked for 14 hours. The through line for the show are the stank is the stank foot. <laughs> the Cecil foot. He had, he had the big Daffy Duck feet. That's what they look like when he took his shoe off. <laughs> oh, like that guy. Uh, what was it? The uh, the guy from I'm Gonna Get You Sucker. Yeah. He's got the throbbing big toe. Yeah. <laughs> that's 
so grossed out. Man, what's happening? Oh, my foot. (laughs) Well, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we'll talk about how diamonds are actually trash. And now a word from our sponsor, Dr. Scholes. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent. Being there day and night. And building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Your skin refuses to be defined by age. That's why Agency creates personalized anti-aging formulas that smooth fine lines, lighten dark spots, and improve the appearance of dark circles. Each formula is tailored to you and prescribed by a licensed dermatology provider. Formulas are customized with clinically proven ingredients like tretinoin, which is up to 20 times stronger than retinol. Get your first month free at withagency.com. That's W-I-T-H-A-G-E-N-C-Y.com. $4.95 shipping and handling subject to consultation. Subscription required. Cancel anytime. The decade begins with Cecil Rhodes graduating from Oxford and returning to South Africa. By this time, the mines had formed an entirely new town called Kimberley, and the scramble for Africa was underway with European countries taking over control of majority of African colonies and countries. By 1914, European powers would have control of every African nation other than Ethiopia and Liberia. Gold was also discovered in South Africa at this time, so Rhodes bought up stakes in those mines as well. Rhodes' only real competitor at that time was a man named Barney Barnato. Mr. Oregato Barney Barnato. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like a reggaeton singer. Barney Barnato. Barnato. Bad Bunny and Barney Barnato. Mentiosa. At the Barclays Center. Yeah, live. Live in Santo Domingo. <laughs> Barney, Barney Barnato. Barnato, everybody. But what do you guys, like, why do you guys think diamonds are actually valuable? Here's a question. Because they're pretty and shiny. Yeah. And they're hard to get. Yeah, right? I mean, I That's guess they it. That's nothing. all I got. It's, it's because it's what a New Jersey suburban woman chose that she's better than her high school classmates. That's true. There's a that lot, too. lot yeah. of value in the size of that rock. That's a high value woman right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like this crazy thing, I think, right? It's like a, uh, at the end of the day, it's like all about supply and demand. I think we're going to talk about that now, but I mean, it's just very strange what these De Beers people ended up doing with controlling everything. 
when it came to diamonds. What's good, yeah, and the fact that he's monopoly minded so early. I mean, it's like you know, you know, imperialists are scumbags and like exploiters of the earth and rapers and pillagers and all these things, right? But the foresight of this guy to realize the potential of what diamonds are uh, and to like corner the market so early. It's like literally, you're like his only competition was Barney. <laughs> Barney Barnato, not just Barney. He had already muscled the game out to where there's only one guy. Like Tony Soprano has more competition in like North Jersey than this guy <laughs> had true. in the global diamond trade. <laughs> well, market competition is not always a bad thing, but for diamonds, scarcity is the key to their value. So instead of continuing to devalue their product, the two men merged their companies into De Beers Consolidated Mining Limited, forming a virtual monopoly on South African diamond mining. Oh, I would love to be at that meeting. Because he was just like, we can have it all, man. (laughs) We can have it all. And then the guy did it. And the guy was like, yeah, you know what? Like the, the treaty stood. Yeah, we do have it all. We do. During this period, there was a lot of business happening. Lots of complicated business involving businessmen using business words and growing businesses. Harumph. Mergers. <laughs> angry shareholders. Harumph. Screwed over local kings. Harumph. Changing names. Moving countries. All to create a near monopoly on the mining distribution and sale of diamonds. I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. Harumph, harumph, harumph. <laughs> Multiple harumphs. They were fought at every turn by English courts, South African courts, native tribes, and each time they won. This period is like a Senate meeting in Star Wars. It's time to go to the bathroom, get some popcorn, and come back just in time for a laser fight or whatever. All of this business created what's known as the Diamond Syndicate, or simply Dubbiers. I do like the Diamond Syndicate. It's just like that's the that's the name of a criminal organization. It's very like appropriate. This was crazy. This whole this whole thing. They were like, hey, it's a cartel. Like this is what we're doing. Yeah. This is absolutely, you know, we're gaming the system. They don't care. They were they like every they other project. They just told on themselves. Yeah, they invented this stuff. Do you think like the the sugar? Do you think like if you go like meet with like sugar lobbyists, it's the same like. They just like hang a guy from a helicopter, just like Scarface to send a message yes, to you. I do. <laughs> you wake up one morning and there's like a broken pixie stick in, in your bed. Luca <laughs> 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 Brazzi swims oh with God. diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> Very dumb. Oh, boy. You, you know what you you know when you get diabetes, you know what you lose. Your foot. Your foot. <laughs> your sessile foot. And that brings That sessile foot, every time it'll get you, it sneaks up on you, too. One time on the sessile foot. <laughs> First go the toes. Then go the rest of the foot. Because danger is a foot. <laughs> sir, sir, have you been walking 14 hours a day? No. <laughs> Get on the good foot. Uh, Diamonds and all are all star. <laughs> Diamonds, baby. Look, you guys, this is serious. It's not about feet as much as we want it to be about that. Diamonds and all raw stones are controlled by this group, this crime syndicate. They maintain the scarcity of the product and guarantee steady increases in value. 
In actuality, diamonds are not a scarce resource. If this cartel were not in control of the entire operation and a fair market existed, the diamonds you would find in your local jewelry store would be worth roughly 2 to $30 each. Basura. Yeah, I, I think that's what's like so crazy about this, right? Is that like all of these diamonds are actually worth nothing. Basically nothing. Yeah. And it's just, we'll find out as we go, this has all just been gamed. Like to, to think about the fact that people are spending so much money on engagement rings and diamonds and like the, all our whole culture is like permeated with this stuff and they cost less than like a six pack. And it's like how much people work, like how much people will spend in order to the way the culture has like gotten you to spend that is the way that you demonstrate love. Yeah. Um, that's why I told I told my wife I'm not participating in this. I, I got her um, I got her a ring with um, Australian crystal from Claire's on it. Oh, I like that. Okay. I told I told her it's all artificial scarcity is what I was yeah. speaking out against. You knew. You it. Even get her a the, cubic zirconia. You got her the. I no. got. Well, I went with a lab grown. Oh, it just grew oh, my yeah, shit in the lab. It was the best. Can't tell the difference. No, it's the same shit. It's the same thing. Unless it's one of those like purple diamonds from like India or something. That's that stuff is fly as hell. I mean, it is fly. Hold on. Hold on. That changes things. <laughs> so this practice doesn't just falsely increase the value of diamonds. It is also incredibly dangerous for the workers. You either work for De Beers or you don't work. To prevent theft, workers were not allowed to leave the mines for up to two to three months at a time to prevent them from contacting diamond dealers on their own. The compounds that miners stayed in didn't have access to clean water or proper waste disposal, which led to many becoming sick and dying. It was kind of like a 19th century version of the construction of the Qatar World Cup. But they've modernized their labor practices so much. Do you know? That? The people are that? dying, Kim. <laughs> Did you see the interview with the one guy, though? And he was just like, people don't understand. It's very hard to get work done. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so awful. They had to, they took people's passwords and helped them held them captive for so long just to work. It's fucking the worst. There's you know somewhere there's some guy that has to contract union labor that's just like nodding his head in agreement with some Qatari like Emir that's like yeah. Do you know how much faster work gets done with slaves? Yeah. <laughs> Very motivated. Oh, and remember when we said that the De Beers family wasn't involved in this story anymore? Well, that's true, but when building a global empire, you can never be too safe. So in 1886, an unknown assailant shot J.F. De Beer, only he didn't die. So the next week, while he was recovering in the hospital, someone went in and stabbed him to death, and then shot and killed two of his sons and stole his last will and testament for good measure. There, that does it. We won't be hearing from the De Beers family anymore. What? Tarnation. <laughs> what? It's like, it's like the end of There Will Be Blood. It's just some guy standing with a bowling pin going, I'm finished. <laughs> oh, no. Yikes. Well, as you can imagine, at this point, Cecil is a very powerful person. He's basically in charge of things in the region, and he's making deals with the King of England to promote trade and colonization in South Africa. He pays off a local king with morphine to take over even more land. Another local king grants him mining privileges over his land in exchange for British protection, which I believe is what the mob does. He's building an entire infrastructure, including roads, just so they can transport their diamonds easier. Doing this isn't easy or safe. 
local wars started with tribes fighting each other and British citizens. Building this monopoly takes starting actual real wars with guns and knives. Yeah, I think for I think for context, I believe that other smaller kingdoms were probably looking for um, protection from the the emerging Zulu kingdom. Mm. It's like this is the time where Shaka Zulu is organizing militarily and like conquering people and absorbing them into like the Zulu empire. <laughs> so other people that are threatened by that would look for British protection. And then were there any other the British were the only ones in, I guess, the French there too, right? So the British and the French were trying to. No, no not yet. No, there's de- descendants of the of people from Holland. The okay. Afrikaners have have been there since like the like 16 or 1700s, right? The British are are actually getting ready to colonize them ah. as well. So there, that's the battle, basically. That's Got the it. Boer War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The British first. The yeah, Afrikaners. Well, now that we talked about wars, let's have a little quick break. Brought to you by guns. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream is a total chocolate game changer. We start with unbelievably creamy dark chocolate ice cream. Then we add different chocolate treats like chocolate cookies, chocolate cake, or chocolate brownies to make four decadent chocolate flavors. Because sometimes the thing that pairs best with chocolate (laughs) is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Buying a master mechanics tool set usually means high prices, higher interest rates, and who knows how many years of monthly payments. But at GearWrench, we don't believe that your tools should take years and years to pay for. So check out Mega Mod Master Sets, the master mechanics tool sets that deliver pro-quality tools, organized storage solutions, an easy-to-use lifetime warranty, and much, much more. All for thousands less than you'd expect. So don't wait. Explore the sets and check availability now. Only at GearWrench.com. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. After the smoke is cleared in 1890, Cecil Rhodes stood alone as the newly appointed prime minister of Cape Colony. In his new shoes. <laughs> in his new shoes. New shoes. New shoes. <laughs> as you can imagine, most of what Rhodes did in his nearly six years in office would benefit him directly. He also passed the Glenn Gray Act which would segregate native populations and start the ball rolling on apartheid. One scholar referred to the law as part of a, quote, transformation of Africans into dehumanized cogs in a violent and exploitive industrial machine, end quote. 
That's right. A lot of times when people think of apartheid in South Africa, they're associating it with the Afrikaner governments in the post-1948 era. Uh, but people forget that the roots of racial segregation in South Africa were actually laid during the British colonial era. So if you're familiar with like the uh, biography of Mahatma Gandhi, right, he's thrown off of a segregated train. Uh, and that's during the British imperial period. Mm. Man, that shit is so complicated. They, the, the British were everywhere back then. Yeah, they were fucking shit up. Yeah. The world, the, the sun never set on the British Empire at its at its peak. Wow, pretty evil. In 1895, a royal proclamation formally gave the name Rhodesia to the British South Africa Company's territories, which were larger than Spain, France, and Germany combined. Then Rhodes, who feels he is unstoppable at this point, has pretty much created his own army to raid more villages and grab more land. Rhodes' next plan was to invade Transvaal Republic in an effort to force them to enter negotiations with the British. His allies warned him to wait, but he didn't listen until it was too late. The first problem with the raid is that it was planned with 1,500 men, but he had to settle with 500. The secrecy of the plan was crucial, but blown immediately. The plan was to travel nearly 200 miles with all of their equipment in two (laughs) days. They didn't make it. They were trapped and ambushed before they even got there, and 30 of Rhodes' men were killed. The rest were thrown in jail. Rhodes' brother Frank and his business partner, Leander Starr Jameson, were sentenced to death, but Rhodes bought their freedom. As a result, Cecil Rhodes is forced to step down as prime minister. Now, let me tell you something. This is an important military fact that when you are attempting to ambush an enemy, it is very important that when traveling over long distances to change your shoes at some point. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> because the smell will tip off. That's why yeah. I started to break. Yeah. Because I knew Justin was gonna come in here with, with false shoe facts. You know, you think his you think his member like, man, this is a lot of walk. <laughs> General Rhodes, he's like, you don't even know what long is. <laughs> Back in my day, I had yeah. to walk 1,400 miles to get to just one dirty-ass <laughs> diamond. Oh, my God. Uh, well, now that he's stepped down as prime minister, it doesn't really change things much because Rhodes' raids continued with him actually taking up arms and fighting in at least one of the battles. Can we fault this guy for being like he's he's a hard worker? He, this guy's he, he's got a heart problem he's got bad feet and he's getting getting a gun together and he's going and fighting his own battle so he's, he really wants it this guy wants it <laughs> what's funny and i think this is a little bit of foreshadowing though is like the assembling of private armies and private resources and like the expansion of like, this guy's basically a warlord yeah but because like we see the eyes through like Westerners. We see this guy as like a colonist, but he's basically just a blood diamond guy. Yeah. He's the same exact guy. And he'll go on the front lines for it. He doesn't care. He's general butt naked, but he just happens to be British and went to like college. So we're like, Cecil Rhodes, <laughs> the great governor. We say Cecil and not Cecil. <laughs> yeah. We put some respect on his name. They weren't just fighting natives though. They also started a war with the neighboring Dutch colonies. In 1901, after receiving nothing but a slap on the wrist for all of these conflicts in British court, he was diagnosed with an aneurysm of a thoracic aorta that was the size of a child's head and was pushing on his major veins, trachea, and lungs. Oh my god. A doctor tells him he's gonna die if he keeps working. 
He keeps working anyway, and the next year dies a slow and excruciating death in South Africa at the age of 48. <laughs> you know what's crazy when you die slowly is, um, in Cecil Rhodes' case, it's sort of a tragedy because normally you want to be surrounded by your family at the you know the foot of your bed, of your deathbed. But in his case, nobody <laughs> wanted to be around the foot. Wanted to be of his bed. <laughs> Might be around this. No, I wanted to be at the foot of his. Why would you bed. be around the foot of his bed mm. at a time like this? Said, oh heavens! Mm. Mm. Look at those feet. Oh, I can't. Sorry, Cecil. We're out of here. He didn't exfoliate or nothing. The the. No, not a nothing. The cracks of those heels. I tell you what. There's so much feet stuff happening in this episode. I'm putting it on OnlyFans so we can make some money. (laughs) Wiki feet. Wiki feet Cecil Rhodes. (laughs) Oh, my God. When Cecil was finally dragged to hell, he said goodbye to a fortune totaling over $600 million in today's money. But the money wasn't all wasted by his progeny. A certain portion, currently $7 million per year, is allocated to pay for the Rhodes Scholarships. Well, that's a nice thing that he did. I, I, like, I he, like, it just shows like all, every other like warlord should just start a prestigious scholarship. I don't know, Justin. Did you know that women were not eligible to receive the scholarship until oh the God. 70s? That seems the most normal part about this whole thing. <laughs> the worst thing he did was have Cecil Foot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh. All right, Ariel. Uh, okay. You know, Justin's not with us right now. It's the holidays. Tough for us to get together. But the team did find a little nugget. And when I say little, I mean an eight part series on Cecil Rhodes Cecil produced by the British Broadcasting Center what does C stand for in BBC uh, company. never don't don't answer that okay. don't answer that well, don't answer that don't answer that, that don't answer that okay don't answer. <laughs> that's fine don't answer that company um, the word is company yeah, yeah, we should double, triple confirm that this is a BBC show, but this is a British produced okay. show about the life and times of Cecil Rhodes and when we saw it, it was you. Know, you remember back in the day, and when I say back in the day, I mean the nineties. Mm. You could just Vaguely. still be very problematic, mm. and it was just viewed as like good historical, you know, production. Yeah, uh, I feel like that was up until the early aughts. We were just bad people. <laughs> I mean, still now, just not good. But the nineties. What a time. Uh, but this is an eight-part series. I don't know. There's like two people that watched it. If you look at the <laughs> YouTube comments, it looks like the BBC took this down. So oh. this is not like an officially uh, broadcast project anymore. And there's obviously we're not going to make everyone listen to all eight parts, but we have some highlight clips from the series that I thought we'd play. Wonderful. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. And I'm so sorry Justin's not here. This is like – This is what he would love. prime – this is prime. This is literally what he got a PhD in. Oh is, man! <laughs> but he's got to have a whole family and stuff. Depressing. Yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do? What, what are you gonna do? Gonna do? All right. Do? So here's here's this first one, um, and Rose is giving a speech here discussing who he thinks is qualified to govern South Africa. Oh, I know what he's gonna say. <laughs> 
Okay, so who you'll, you, you'll be hearing first, this is Cecil Rhodes. Okay. As I do not believe the men in a state of pure barbarism have the maturity nor the common sense to decide who is qualified to govern them. These are my politics on native affairs, and these will be the politics of Southern Africa. The native must be treated as a child and denied the vote. So I'm confused as to what we were just watching. Was that like a live... Was that a reenactment or like a live video feed of of Cecil? No, Ariel, this is this this is this was in color. You just watched a, a video in color that was like from the 1800s. What is happening? I should have assumed that it was a reenactment. My bad. It's been a long holiday week, Zena. I was about to call you Cecil, to be honest. I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so this was supposed to be, but th- honestly though, this is supposed to be historically accurate. Mm. It's supposed to be like a celebration of Cecil Rhodes' life because of the Rhodes Scholarship and all this other shit that he did. So this is what's incredible about this is that it's just everyone thought this was a great idea to do eight episodes. Millions of dollars were spent on this. Think about how much like those uh, period pieces cost Mm-mm. when you're producing them for like HBO or whatever. This is millions of dollars that are going into this production. And all the historical, uh, you know, research they're doing because they, they want this to be the seminal piece for Cecil Rhodes, but obviously full of shit. And I, I mean, it's awful. He's an awful man. I think the only thing they've done, honestly, is show that he was actually an awful person. Yeah, but he had homies that like co-signed his shit. So good for him, I guess. I mean, yeah, you're going to co-sign his shit because you also are getting money from it. So well, you bring up you bring up such a great point. Everybody has an audience. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. we live in an age when everyone has an audience. So what's the fuck up? Why does it matter? He got his homies were in. That's true. If the G unit's in, they're <laughs> then all we're in. in. Then we're in. The Cecil unit. That doesn't sound as good. C unit. Uh, the C. C unit. That would probably be Crips. We probably should edit that out. I should not do that. Please, <laughs> please dearest Crips, I'm very sorry for mocking you. Uh, Bloods, I am not uh, uh, saying sorry too much Don't. to the Crips. Nope. Uh, I, I stand neutral. I Yeah, I love you both. Uh, let's go to this next one. Rhodes visits a prison to see one of his directors to tell him about his plans. Oh okay, so this is this is interesting. That it straddles the continent from Cape to Cairo. But scholarships! I haven't told you about the scholarships. Immortality, Jim. So my ideals may live after me from generation to generation. And the parliament, Cape Parliament, I'm forming a new party to fight Rhodes, the next election. Rhodes, Rhodes, you can't hope to. I can, I will. You'll not be back as PM. You've lost the Cape Boers forever. They won't touch you. No, but the blacks will. The blacks. Oh my God! I'm sorry. I have to stop oh it there no. for a second. What the fuck is this? This is—is is this a modern documentary now? Is this from 2008? Mm, not the blacks. <laughs> Anything but that. He calls it progressive. And then he's like trying to take. He's like he failed at taking over the entire continent of Africa. And he's lost all these different things because of business failings and and fraud and all this other shit. And then his buddy's in prison and he's trying to just tell him, dude, we got this. (laughs) This is Trumpian. By the way, I like that the actor definitely has some weird cat eye contact lenses. Yeah, very terrifying. I'm not into that. 
I was like, wow, hey, look at his yeah. eyes. Do they have make eyes like that in the 1700s? <laughs> Whatever time period this is. All right, let's play this. I'm not clear on let's any of it. Let's The blacks. My party will be called the Progressive Party. Um, Rhodes, for 15 years, you fought and fought to get the blacks off the electoral roll. Equal rights, yes, but for white men. No, 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 no. Equal rights for civilized men. I shall fight under that slogan. And what, in the name of God, is a civilized man? Well, it's some man, whether white or black, who has sufficient education to write his own name. Has some property or works. In fact, isn't a loafer. You know what's so crazy about this? This is exactly what people say today. I Yes, to this day. Pull your pants up. <laughs> you can't come into this bar unless you're civilized. Is this the Cosby platform? This is the Cosby platform. <laughs> the Cosby agenda. Early. You can't be Early BBC adaptation of the Cosby agenda. Oh, and I hate bad it here. words. Yeah, this is such a problem. Don't like it. It's the most racist... Minute twenty seconds. I've watched it in a while. Today, yes, today. today. <laughs> today. Honestly, I think probably today. watching the news last week. I probably saw something else. Yep. But Lordy, you definitely did. Okay. Oh my God! Let's keep it moving. Wow, this is gems. Wow. I honestly, this is disheartening. We should do an entire season of just you know mystery science theater three thousand. Just watching this whole eight part series. Oh, I would love that. That's my whole vibe. That is the that is the move. I would I would hate it in my core, but I would also yeah, love it. It's good content. Yep. And your girl loves content. <laughs> All right. This next one. God, I love it. Producer Jordan wrote Rose Ep 6. Clean my boots. That's the title of this clip. So I'm, I'm sure this will be oh, really, really wonderful. Rhodes enlists one of his partners to hire local tribesmen to clean up after him. And they're really grateful for the opportunity. Oh, God. I just I don't. I don't know. These just keep getting worse and worse, Cena. They are getting worse. They are getting worse. Good, good, good. Well, tell them there'll be no nonsense about kings and princes. They'll wash the dishes. <coughs> Clean me boots, that sort of thing. <laughs> oh, sweet well, Christ. What can one say about this other than... That it's stressful to watch. <laughs> BBC, what were you? I At this point, I blame BBC. Yeah, but you know what I find kind of funny, though, about this? Is that, you know, when they, they hit cut, all those African dudes are just, are probably British actors. Like, hello, love, is it tea time now? I gotta drop this spear off somewhere, don't I? Honestly, yeah. It's like, I, I did I bow properly there. What did you think? Shall we take that again, governor? <laughs> Everyone's governor. Yes, that is how it works in England. Oh, my God. This is so <laughs> awful. Okay. It's not good. It's not good, Cena. It's not looking good for your boy, Cecil. It really isn't. It's... Or Rhodes or whoever the hell is up next. It's all bad. Okay, here we go. Cecil Rhodes gives a status update to his stakeholders in London. I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be very, very rosy. Oh. Let us take stock of what we possess. 
I tell you that we possess a very large part of the world indeed. And everything upon it, everything within it, except the air. Wait, he just said nothing. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I own everything, basically, except the air. Clap. Please clap. That's what he said. Yo, what's that? What's what's that Al Pacino movie where he he he's um he go who are son of a woman? I think is so. I didn't get a son of a yeah, woman. Yeah, where he's like he's like he's, he finishes off a thing. He's like who are, and then everyone stands up and starts clapping, and claps, as one what? does. What? He said nothing. I own everything except the air. Mic drop. What? Well, we've done so well. We. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's someone in the back that's like, I've got all the air rights. Right. It's, it's, Wait until he finds out I have the rights to air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. This, this is awful. This is awful. We're doing, by the way, folks, we do this for you, for our audience. We do it for the fans. We do it for the yeah, people. Yeah, because this is, it's not for me. This is not for us. We don't do this. No. We don't take pleasure mm-hmm. in this. We may, be, no. we may sound like we're laughing, but we're crying. No. No, it hurts. I laugh to keep from crying. Okay. Cecil. Oh, God. These titles are great. Cecil Montage Colonizing South Africa. Oh, boy. <laughs> the titles are really what, what gives it that extra little juice. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> we and we alone must take the African interior. No, no, no. Some honorable gentleman may say, oh, well, but the land belongs to Chief Such and Such. Yes. Wait, let's just for a second. Every a lot of people in that room were like, "No, no, bad idea." Yeah, they we shook should, their heads. We shouldn't do that. The oldest man there was like, "Nah, nah, nah chill, nah, chill, 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 man, we should- chill, 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 Yo. Rhodes, you already own everything but the air. What more do you want, Rhodes? Slow your roll, my man. <laughs> what concerns me is, are we willing? To take our rightful place as the dominant state in Southern Africa. Dominant race in Southern Africa. No, sir. If I'm to take charge of the railways, we must concentrate our resources north through Kimberley, north into Africa. Here's what's happening for me as I'm watching this. Because it's a BBC original or whatever, I'm realizing that he's the good guy in this film. That he, like the music and everything, they're like, oh, look at what we've done. Yes. Rhodes is crushing it. Yeah, like, yeah, he's killing a couple Africans, but like, so what? You know, we're really just, no, they didn't talk like that. They were like, yes, he's killing a few Africans, but I mean, Rhodes is a Rhodes scholar. Can we just go? I just want to, you know, the people in the podcast can't see this. We'll release this as a clip. But when he walks in here, okay, right. We have the mind. Victoria that is a man on meth. That is a man who's just snorted several lines of cocaine. He's on amphetamines. There's no chance in the world that man is not. I'm talking about not even Cecil Rhodes, the man. I'm talking about the actor playing Cecil Rhodes. Oh, no, the point. actor is unwell. He's probably no longer with us. This was the 90s, <laughs> after all. <laughs> we got to also find out who this actor was. I have no idea who this man was. He kind of looks like the, uh, great job. the guy from uh, Jurassic Park. Who's that guy? Martin Shaw. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, Martin Shaw is his name. 
Uh, incredible. Thank you, Producer Jordan. What an actor. Wow. Martin Shaw. We'll, we'll find out what else he's in, and we will watch his entire <laughs> library of <laughs> I might just, honestly. All right, let's keep this moving. Ready to move into Bonato's territory, this gentlemen. My okay, Kimberly. so that last little clip he says we're moving into Bar Barnato's territory. Bar uh, Barney Barnato is what they're talking about. And this next clip is called Barney imitating Cecil, okay? So this is great. Mm. After Rhodes approaches Barney and Barney is thinking of going into business with him, he is at a party and imitating the way Rhodes talks. You know on set they were having a really good time with this bit. Uh, so let's take a look. Let's take a look at it here. Just for the exercise. Just for the exercise. Oh, I beg your pardon. As we say in Oxford, Corum, Baliorum, Scheisser, Meiser. It's Greek, madam. Greek. For beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> He's doing a good job. I find that the British doing impressions is just the same sound of what they sound like. Is that? Yeah. Is that because I'm, That's... we're American and we think yeah. we're, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same. He just was like making fun of himself. It sounds like it sounds yeah. It sounds like he was just doing some sort of improvised dance with a broom, right? And then saying speaking in his own normal speaking voice, right? But he did also say just for the exercise. So I wonder if uh, Cecil Rhodes was big on being like I'm going to get exercise. He was big on walking, as we know. <laughs> um, so I wonder if that has something to do with it. Really good impression. Really great. Can I interject for a moment? Oh, oh absolutely. Oh, here we go. Coordinator Noreen is is in is joining it. What's up, Noreen? Okay, I just want you guys to know that that is actually what Barney Barnato sounds like. By imitating, he was just like saying the things that Cecil would say, but mm. that is truly mm. just his own voice. Oh, okay. So he wasn't so he doing was, like an imitation. He was yeah. just saying words that he was trying to roast Rhodes him. would say. Mm. A roast mode. They don't even know how to roast. 1800s roast mode. Okay. Yikes. Embarrassing. Ugh, embarrassing Barney Barnato. Ah, Barney. Get better at roasting. A little bit of more effort. By the way, the actor playing Barney Barnato could have put a little bit more effort into it. I would have done like some crazy eyes if I was uh, if I was Barney. Right. You know what I mean? If he was a little thick, maybe like add a pillow to your... That's a classic. Yeah. Throw a pillow under the shirt, you know? Embarrassing. You could fat shame. Not your best work, Barney Bernardo. Yeah. Unbelievable. Embarrassing. All right. Our last clip here. It's another montage. Rhodes dies, and this is the final scene in the TV series. Generally, the series attempts a balanced view of Rhodes, but this Peter Gabriel finale makes the show's intentions clear. Okay, here we go. Let's... Well, they, they. Look at us today. Oh. That was that was first of all this. this we're watching a, a, a beautifully <laughs> composed song of the vibrant life in South Africa that apparently Cecil Rhodes all built. Yeah, he did that fully all him. All him. No one else. No. Look what we have because None of, of these Cecil. local people did anything. No, 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 no. They also can't 
they they can't govern themselves apparently no. either to do this either. Okay, great. with a very dramatic shot of Cecil Rhodes's grave. I'll tell you what, that took me out of it. That I yeah. was having a nice time until we remembered Cecil Rhodes. I was like, oh, Africa is beautiful. And then they were like, here lies the remains of Cecil Rhodes. <laughs> Don't did care. He died. Did not, did not care. He did nothing for anyone. Guys, that was seven clips from an eight-part series. We could do this forever, but we can. Forever. We respect our audience too much. Wow. An eight-part series. Nobody nobody needed that. And by the way, they weren't 22-minute episodes. Those are like full hour-long episodes, I think. Yeah. Ew, there probably is a, a box set somewhere. Oh, my God. The box set. Yuck. Fraud, at Fraudsters LPN. Someone t- ping us if you can get a hold of the DVD slash VHS box set. I want to gift it to my son. Tell him that the world is in. The world was built on Cecil Rhodes' shoulders. You can do this too, son. <laughs> if you walk 14 hours a day and colonize another people's land and rob them of their natural resources, you too can build something terrible. And someone will make a BBC show about you. Oh, God. I love – imagine the meetings. Um, I do, I think we should probably remove the Cecil Rhodes project from the library. Ever since they put the little, the little black squares on the Instagram, I feel like, you know, we should probably get rid of the Cecil Rhodes documentary. A couple people have, have reached out to me and told me they weren't into it anymore. And I, we'll put it back later when the blacks are quiet. We'll put it back. It does seem like the show does not show that the Black Lives Matter. And it seems marketing wants us to say that Black Lives do matter. And, you know, marketing runs everything. It's disgusting, really, because Cecil Rhodes was my great, 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 (laughs) great, great grandfather. And the fact that they're taking these woke snowflakes are taking that documentary off. I'm quitting BBC. Uh, All right, Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Is it tea time, Karen? Let's go. Come on. Disgusting. Get a biscuit. Well, you guys, on the next episode, we will discuss how De Beers changes hands to the Oppenheimer family and what giant pieces of shit they are as well. (laughs) Well, yeah, we'll get back to this next week. It's going to be fun. We're going to talk about also the media stuff and how the De Beers family was able to manipulate the entire world into thinking that diamonds are actually something we all need. So thanks, everyone, for listening to Fraudsters. 
Follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Check out the show notes for our social media links so you can follow us and see the receipts that we have for this episode because we cite our sources here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can see it. You can read everything about uh, Cecil Rhodes, uh, not in the header, but actually the footer <laughs> of the. Uh... <laughs> check out. Check out our OnlyFans uh... at Cecil's Feet. Um, Frosters is hosted by me, Cena Gazzavi, Justin Williams, and Ariel Lieti. Mm-hmm. Producer is Jordan Acuncia. Production coordinator is Noreen Malik. Editor is Ryan Connor. Our writer is Nick Turner. Our legal researcher was Demetrios Patelis. And our biographical researcher is Emily Fusco. Music by Grant Gordon. Executive producer is me, Cena Gazzavi. And this has been a production of Zero Cool and The Last Podcast Network. <laughs> At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's OMRI certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow.